Welcome to Miked Up Sports, the show that gives people in sports an unfiltered platform to share their stories. If you want to help us tell more stories, check us out at patreon.com slash television, paypal.me slash television, or on Cash App at TSB Television. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the show. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Miked Up Sports, the show that goes in depth with the people who build our sports community. And joining us is an athlete who recently finished up her high school career at Duluth East. And she will come back to the basketball courts. You'll just have to wait a little while, but you will see her hoop up at Wisconsin Stevens Point, a member of the WIAC, if my memory is correct, out in Division Three. Rachel Hagen, thanks for joining us. And I know this is one of the most exciting times of the year when we get to tournament time at high school and college. And for you, your role is a little more of a spectator, I guess, with Duluth East, their season coming to an end. And I don't mean that as a knock, but for you, what is it like? I'm sure you'd love to be out there playing, but for someone like you with this being the stretch run and getting a chance to watch from afar. What do you enjoy most about the tournaments that are coming up and what are you looking forward to uh, once we get the state tournament rolling next week? Yeah. So I've gotten to watch a lot of games up here. I got to watch uh Proctor play last weekend, Duluth Marshall and the Crosby Ironton. And I just, it's really nice to watch like the top players just play at their peak. Like for example, Tori Orland played incredible last Saturday. And it's just really like, cool to see people step up and have just play at their best. Tori has put up some crazy numbers this year. Actually, you probably know this, uh, depending on how Crosby Ironton does, if they can get out of section seven to a, there's a lot of folks saying, uh, what a matchup between them and Providence Academy would Mm -hmm. be like, as you know, Matt and Greenway and Tori were, going back and forth. And I think they're still going back and forth for the state scoring title. Uh, Although to do that, they might run into a a group that, you know, in Duluth Marshall, as we were just talking beforehand. And I actually do remember seeing you in AAU compete alongside a lot of those Duluth Marshall players. So there was a lot of uh, joining forces between the East players and the Marshall players. And for you, Rachel, what is that camaraderie like? Because I noticed that you were highly supportive of the players for Duluth Marshall, and they know you, you know them quite well. And even though the two of you are in different schools, well, I should say folks like Reagan Juniman and Chloe Johnson, the fact that you all played with each other, what was that dynamic like? And I guess how relieved were you that you didn't necessarily have to go against Duluth Marshall? Yeah. So, I mean, all the girls at Marshall, I know them really well because we played all summer. Regan Juniman is 15U and played 17U with us. And so did Chloe Johnson, who in the summer was 12 and she played 17U, which both quite impressive for both of them. Um, They just brought a lot of energy to our team. They're great scorers. And it was really nice to have some like young girls. They have so much energy. Um, and they're also close friends as well. 
with me. So last year it was fun to play them twice. We ended up coming out on top twice last year, but unfortunately this year our coach didn't put them on the schedule. So we didn't get to play them this year, but it would have been a good game, I think. Uh, I don't know who would have won that. I was going to say last year you won twice, but you didn't have to deal with Chloe Johnson. No, we did not. <laughs> Maybe you lucked out. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that that could have gotten real interesting, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but this is an oral history podcast. And when I bring athletes, coaches, media members, and a lot of them, it turns out those backgrounds can intertwine. But Rachel, I found this most interesting about you when you and I spoke earlier this week and when I did a little bit of research through the breakdown books, things like that. You didn't come to Minnesota for several years. You lived in Australia until you were six, and then you lived in Christchurch, New Zealand, if I'm saying it correctly. Correct. So how did you end up there? I'm <laughs> guessing it had something to do with your parents, but what led you to go from Australia to New Zealand before <laughs> making your way to Duluth. That's not a, that's not a frequently traveled itinerary for athletes. <laughs> no. um, so my dad is from here, born and raised. And so when he got a job in Australia, my parents moved it with my brother to Australia. And then two years later I was born. So I was there for a couple years and then I went to New Zealand and then back to Australia for another two years. And then we ended up back here because my dad and my mom wanted to be closer to their families. And that's how we ended up in Duluth. <laughs> that's a short story, I guess. So what do you remember from that experience growing up in Australia? I know you were there while you were really young and then New Zealand. And I'm thinking to myself that had you stayed there a little longer, would you have picked up on any of their uh, accents or can you go in between? I really think it's a, it's fascinating to hear that your story began all the way out in the Southern <laughs> Hemisphere in a country that is 17 or 18 hours ahead of us. Yes, um, I used to have an accent when I first moved back. I think the first full year I was, I sounded completely Aussie, but now you you can't really hear it. I think I can go back into it a little bit. It's it's definitely hard for me because it's been almost 11 years now. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just remember Australia was when I went to my first basketball camp. So I remember the memories of just picking up a ball for the first time, shooting, doing a couple of drills, having fun at camp. And um, obviously it was very hot there. I remember that I always got to play outside at the basketball hoops outside because there was no snow like like Minnesota. No snow might be an understatement. Uh, <laughs> I've seen the totals this year at Duluth and I have a good friend who lives up there and my head goes, oh man, how do they manage? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been rough this year. <laughs> Forget basketball, you should take up snowboarding. <laughs> I probably should. Uh, but that's for another story. Uh, so your first basketball camp was in Australia. So what attracted you to the sport? I know Australia has a following with basketball. There was a friend of mine who played in the NBL developmental division for women, NBL one, I think it is. So there there's 
the NBL, WNBL, and then developmental league. So the seeds are there, but what got you hooked on the sport? Um, well, my mom played in high school. She was kind of that hustle player. So she put me into the basketball camp and kind of was like, just try it, see if you like it. And I ended up really loving it. And when you made the move from Australia and then New Zealand up here, how did you stay involved? I'm guessing you found some local camps, things like that. But were there any adjustment processes in terms of getting accustomed to the sport? You talked about the weather in Australia being a little different than in Duluth, but was there anything in the transition that stood out to you? Um, Not really, not in the sport, no. I thought... I was still pretty young, so obviously it wasn't very skilled. So I think it was it was a pretty easy transition. And over time, what did you enjoy most about it once you took it up? You mentioned your mother played it and that carried over to you. But what did you enjoy most about it as you made your way through? Um, I'll, I just love being with my friends, first of all. And then I found things I was good at. I found that I was pretty good at rebounding. So I became to focus on that. And I became to love just being a hustle player as well and trying to do like as much of the dirty work as possible to help my teammates out. Well, to give you a sense of just how good of a rebounder Rachel became in her last two years, she averaged a double-double. In fact, you were quite consistent. When I look at the numbers, getting about 15, 16 points, 10 rebounds, and thriving in that role. In fact, you even said your nickname growing up was Rodman because of your affinity for rebounding. Yes. <laughs> I think I got that rebound from Diami Starks, my AAU coach, and CJ Osuchiko also. They take part of both naming me that, but um, I just... After I got in a tournament, I think I got five O boards in a row and I was scrapping and they were like, you look like Dennis Rodman right now. We're just going to start calling you Rod Rachel Rodman. Well, that makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> I was going to say, if you really wanted to go a step further, did you ever think about going with the tie dye hairstyles or did you decide to stick with the Afro? I've definitely had a lot of people ask about that, if I would shave a little bit of it off and dye it a little bit, but probably going to stick to none of that. <laughs> well, I think your hair looks splendid, no matter what, <laughs> no matter what color or shape it's in, Rachel. So if my words mean anything, uh, yeah, you, you stick to whatever suits you best. Uh, so who were your idols in the sport as you grew up? Maybe it is Dennis Robin. Maybe there was someone else. But in the men's game, women's game, family, it can be anybody. Who were the players you wanted to be like when you grew up? Um, so obviously, I wanted to be like my mom. She was the one that helped me get into the sport. So when I was really young, I wanted to be like my mom. And then when I started getting older, I started watching kids in the area. And I think even as like a middle schooler, early high schooler, Someone I, two people I looked up to a lot with Grace Kirk and Gianna Neepkins from Duluth Marshall, both of them, two different players. Gianna's really fluid and she has great pace and Grace is like, go, go, go. She's super tough. And 
she's always she has so much energy and I kind of like to watch both of them play and try to incorporate both of their like personalities into my style of play on that note Rachel did you ever try to go after Gianna's 67 point single game record <laughs> uh no <laughs> I've never been quite close to that but that I was at that game that was very impressive <laughs> I wasn't at that game. Uh, we weren't quite at the point yet where capacity limits were lifted, but I know the Providence Academy side, I know that well, their coach was saying, did you play any defense on Gianna? And he said, yes, we did. But as you can attest to Rachel, probably from defending the likes of Regan and Chloe in practice as you did uh, yesterday or in AAU, sometimes, uh, you can throw the best defensive effort you have, and they're just that good. <laughs> right. Sometimes Gianna would come to our AAU practices, and I'd be guarding her as best as I could, and she would still score, and my coach would be like, well, you it was good defense, but there's nothing you can do about that. <laughs> I think occasionally on my broadcast, I've said sometimes uh, you can play good defense, but you get beat by better offense, and yeah. when you see what she's doing at Utah – uh, I don't think you can, I don't think anyone could take it too hard knowing what Gianna is doing over there. Right. <laughs> so I think it's safe to say she's legit. Uh, yeah. Conversely though, uh, who is the better rebounder? Out of me and Gianna? Yeah. I would say, oh. did you have the edge when it came to the boards? Um, I think occasionally, but she's definitely got me beat on length. So even if I box her out, get low, she still got me in height and her arms are extremely long. So so you're just relieved that you don't have to face her in college is what I'm getting from this. <laughs> Pretty much. But that's an interesting assessment with the local options. So what is the basketball culture like in Duluth? I hear about some of the names, of course, in Juniman, who became the fourth player to reach a thousand points I heard quite a bit about you seeing you in AAU and then my colleagues uh, sharing your story something you're not afraid to talk about so I know there's plenty of talent up in Duluth but I live in the Twin Cities so we don't always get a chance to see players like yourself unless you make the trip down here for things like the tip-off classic or other invitationals so growing up in Duluth like you did I'm sure you heard about some of the big names that come out of the cities but what do you think it is about athletes like Grace or Gianna and I imagine some would look up to you as well what do you think uh, signals this connection that people like you have with fellow Duluth area athletes I think that the culture up here is we're just a step behind of the cities we just always have been so I think Diami Starks and Starks Elite has been really trying to get kids in the gym all the time, get them back like to the skill level of other kids in the cities and his training. I mean, if you think of the best kids that come out of Duluth or this area, all pretty much every single one of those kids has trained with Diami. And I think that's just a common thing we all have. And he's really trying to change the culture and this area. And I think it's really showing, honestly. 
there's always a regret I have. And I mentioned this at the end of every season that I don't get a chance to see some teams that I wanted to. And especially with yourself or Crosby, Duluth, Marshall, I'm, I'm always thinking, I wish I could see a few of these teams more often. And maybe I will when we get to state. Uh, because I just like seeing good talent no matter where they are. Being in the Metro, as you alluded to, you have a lot of options within close proximity. But they're building some pipelines up there in Duluth, and I'd like to think you're a part of that. Yeah, um, so I've been I've known Diami since I was fourth grade, but I played the last three years on his AU programs. And it's been nice because all the girls ahead of me have been like, the best leaders I could possibly have. That's including Grace and Gianna at workouts. They've really led this whole program. So I think I'm trying to lead the girls behind me as much as I can show them any, like anything I have to give to them. I'm trying to show what I have and hopefully help the younger ones. Now, Rachel, we did talk about this a bit, but for those who are watching this live or watch this on wherever they listen to podcasts, what you spoke of trying to pass on whatever knowledge or tips you have, you know, that extended to this practice, which I didn't know was a thing. So when high school teams are done, Rachel was telling me that, that she took part in a Duluth Marshall practice. Uh, I suppose it's a way for you to stay involved, but what would lead you to go in? And I don't mean this cynically, but your season's done. So your quest has reached its end as far as the high school season goes. What inspires you to suit up in a practice session against another team that's in the postseason, Duluth Marshall, are still uh, fighting for a state tournament spot? You, know, you don't get anything out of it personally in terms of records or points, anything like that. But what led you to say, you know what, I'll suit up. I'll take on you guys. I'll do a practice with you. So, well, first, I'm really close with their coach, CJ. Um, he's like an older brother to me. He's been training me the past three summers as well. As, so I wanted to do it. He asked me to come along with my other East teammate, Ashlyn, and our Northwestern teammate Tieran we all three went and I mean I'm also I'm really really close with Chloe Johnson so I would I love to play against her love to play with her so of course I take the opportunity to play play against them give them a little bit of competition hopefully help them out a little bit and how often have you done that was it just this year or in, in past years would you be a guest practice squad member for a fellow Duluth program? Um, just this year in the fall, I also helped coach a fall league game with CJ. I went with him, um, but pretty much just this year. I would have done it last year too if I was able to, but I just wasn't asked. All right. So anyone out there, if you're looking for an extra pack practice member on your squad, don't hesitate to ask Rachel <laughs> and She'll gladly suit up. Well, next year, well, I don't know how that's going to work. You're going to be in Stevens Point, so uh, <laughs> they'll have to get someone else from Duluth East. Yeah. 
what do you enjoy most about that experience? Again, it's a practice session, and I'm sure you're used to going against them in AAU when you have the club practices, but compared to your usual practices at Duluth East, you get to see something a little different, but what did you enjoy most about scrimmaging with a pair of young guns in Juniman and Chloe Johnson who could offer the next foundation after Gianna took Duluth Marshall to considerable heights before she went to Utah. And now you get a glimpse of what the future holds over there. Yeah, they're the upcoming duo, definitely coming from Duluth. So it's nice. They bring a lot defense and offense. It's always a competition. So even though I'm bigger, I would say stronger, um, <laughs> they're definitely more skilled than me. So it's always a battle. <laughs> But it's always fun, too. They're good friends, and we're teammates in the summer. So I come in. I'm still their teammate. We love each other. At the end of the day, we just want to make each other better, honestly. Skilled might be an understatement, especially with Chloe. And that, not to say you don't have skills of your own. Otherwise, you wouldn't be playing at Stevens Point. But you probably knew this and I had some glimpses of it in AAU when I saw Chloe go all the way up to a senior division at the Lake Slam tournament and hold her own. But I got to see her and Reagan play at St. Catherine, part of the MLK classic against Holy Family. And I have never seen a seventh grader as polished as Chloe is. The moves she was making, her ability to run the floor, you should have seen the look on my face more than once. I'm going, this kid's a seventh grader. <laughs> where, where did, where did she come from? That's what I was thinking. Like, there's no way she could be a seventh grader. Most times I'll see athletes at the smaller schools who will play on varsity to fill up spots. You can tell they're a little more raw. They don't quite have their wits about them yet. Not Chloe. <laughs> she, she's insanely good. Yes. And I mean, it's a testament to her hard work. She, out of everyone in this town or in this area, she puts the most hours in by far and her brother Brooks, but for her, she's in her gym constantly. And I think it shows when you see a seventh grader playing like she's basically a senior pretty much. I think I said, I don't know how many of my broadcasts you watch, but I remember saying that the players I thought of were maybe Matt and Greenway and Addie Mack as far as seventh graders who made an instant impact and not just coming off the bench, doing uh, stat padding time shifts, things like that. Of course, uh, however you get involved is a big deal, but I am struggling to think what we'll see if Chloe's able to stay healthy what we could expect from her if she already has double doubles and averaging close to 20 points per game as a seventh grader <laughs> it is well you spoke of the closeness that you have with her and so how did that dynamic unfold you know you being the outgoing senior this year Chloe just getting her start on varsity of course she had some experience in the AAU circuit classing up and you don't have the same restrictions, if I'm correct, uh, how far you can class up. But what started this friendship with, you know, again, you being a senior, Chloe being a seventh grader, so the two of you wouldn't necessarily cross paths a whole lot outside of this year on varsity. But 
know, you speak highly of her, all the other Duluth area athletes that you got to encounter in AAU or high school. So what started this friendship with Chloe and what have you gotten out of it? Uh, getting the chance to witness what the next generation of Duluth athletes and basketball athletes will have for us. So I first start. I met Chloe, I think three summers ago, I believe now. Um, we started playing three on three. She had an outside sport court, so a half court. So we would just go over there. Diami organized this and I hadn't met her before. So I was just kind of put on a team at her house with her. And we kind of just played three on three, four on four at her house. And I was like, man, this kid's really good. And I think at the time she was a third or fourth grader. So I'm like, this kid's, this is kid's going to be really, really good. And then over the years, um, all of our AU teams always practice together. So we've had numerous practice together. And then they built a gym at their house, at their new house, um, two, almost two years ago now. So we had practices at our house pretty much every day the last summer and fall. So we see each other all the time. I'm at her house a lot. We watch film together. Um, it's funny. She doesn't seem like a seventh grader to me just because she doesn't play like it and she doesn't act like it really either. Um, we joke around and say how I'm, I'm going to graduate college before she graduates high school, but it doesn't matter. We're both I love her like she's my little sister and I mean she's almost taller than me now which sucks too <laughs> so now I'm almost a little sister but yeah I love Chloe we're really close and I'm excited to see the next what <laughs> five years she has. <laughs> Rachel you're right about one thing you will likely get your college degree heck you might even have a, a master's <laughs> by the time she graduates from high school, but by then, Chloe could easily accumulate something along the lines of three, 4,000 points. Yes. How surreal was it when you met for the first time, though, because you talk about how big she's getting now, and, and she she was not a small potato when I first saw her play. You know, she's, she's growing, but I have to imagine she was half her size, and you, by that point, I'm guessing, got to your 5'11 frame. So do you remember the first time you played alongside her in this three-on-three -three scrimmage, and you have this third or fourth grader doing what she's doing. I can't speak from experience, but I imagine for someone like you, Rachel, it's a little strange, but <laughs> uh, but gratifying too. You've gotten a lot out of it. But the first time, you're what were you thinking when you saw this third, fourth grader pull off what she's doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm seeing the first time I saw her. I'm seeing her do things that. I barely just learned how to do and she's doing at her she was pretty not super short but definitely a lot shorter than she is now and um just seeing someone that young be able to pick up things so fast was really crazy to me like anything Diami would say something and she could she'd be first in line and she'd be the first to do it right and that's just I mean she's just incredible well something that you can attest to maybe not exactly like Chloe can, but we got to learn about Chloe's background over the years and what she had to get through to reach the point she is at now in basketball. 
you had to work your way through a pair of season ending injuries and it's something you're not shy about discussing your eighth grade year I think you tore one ACL and then I think a year after that and correct me if I'm wrong but then you had another ACL tear in the other knee Yes. Yeah, so the first eighth grade season, I tore my ACL and partially tore my, my meniscus. That was my left knee. And then the summer before my sophomore year, I tore my right ACL. So, yes. And the journey to get back was something that was illustrated in some Duluth area news outlets, but It's something, and I think every athlete knows going in, there's a risk associated no matter what sport it is that this could happen to anybody. It's a risk they're willing to take because they want to get something out of it like you did. But to go through that twice at an early juncture in your youth career after you grew up, you settled on what you wanted to do, you did the camps, all of that to have those knee injuries come. And I don't think there's ever a good time for it. How do you think that challenged you and ultimately strengthened you? Yes, definitely the first time um, I, well, I tore it and I, I really had no idea what that even meant for me. And I found out obviously surgery in nine to 12 months was what my surgeon recommended I stay out of basketball. And I think I was super positive the first time I'm like, let's get back. I'll be back and I'll be better. And then being able to play my whole freshman year was great. I, I definitely made a lot of strides and then having to go through it a second time was definitely a lot harder mentally. I was probably the least motivated I'd ever been in my life. Um, I wanted to quit for probably a month after my surgery. Um, I had a friend give me a journal and I started writing down kind of like my mood and my feeling each day. And I think that helped me finally realize, like, I need basketball to, like, stay in shape, but, like, to also, like, have life be normal for me. <laughs> and that really helped me, like, be like, okay, I can do this. I can do another recovery. I'll take as long as I need to get back. And my PTs and everything, they were so great in helping me get back. I find that fascinating, Rachel, because uh, journaling, well, that's something you and Chloe have in common. Chloe does a lot of that, too, to help with whatever struggles she might have. How was journaling therapeutic for you? You mentioned for a month you were ready to hang it up, walk away from the sport, maybe go on to something else. So what do you remember from those journals and how do you think that helped you make your way through that second recovery? Yeah, I would write down things that I missed in the beginning. And then I started writing down things I'm looking forward to or, or like goals. So like early in probably the first five days, days, one of my goals was to get back soon enough to be able to play the following AU season in the summer. And I didn't get to play the whole thing, but I did end up playing um, the last probably three, four tournaments, which was part of my goal. So I just having goals and like targets of what to reach I think that helped me keep staying on track and get where I needed to go so entering junior year 
after your second recovery. What was the mood like? I do remember seeing you that AAU season, uh, getting to participate in some events for Starks Academy. And then I think a year later, they merged with Suns. But how nervous were you? How excited were you going into your junior year? And as far as what was back, your thoughts, uh, suiting up one more time, knowing that you lost two whole seasons by that point. Just what was your attitude when you suited up and got to play again? I definitely, I was just really blessed. I was just really happy to be out there, first of all. And then I didn't really have any pressure on me because the last time anyone had seen me play was my freshman year. So I'd grown, I'd gotten stronger. So I didn't really have any pressure. I just wanted pretty much just to play. And I didn't have any expectations for myself either. I said, just, just see how it goes. I want to play my hardest and hopefully get win some games as a team. And um, it ended up being a lot better than I thought. Obviously, in the back of my head, I'm like, every time I step foot on the court, this, this could be another, this could be another surgery, another nine to 12 months. But I try to keep keep away from those thoughts and keep pushing because obviously I love basketball and I'm just happy to still be playing it. And what did you enjoy most about these last couple of years? Maybe you didn't get a deep postseason run like some of your uh, fellow teammates have, but you were able to play. You didn't have too many hiccups, didn't have any injuries get in the way, at least serious ones. And you know, this year, as we discussed, you played quite well, averaged a double-double. You had a 28-point game against Hermantown. So you, know, you did get a few opportunities to show everyone why you're passionate about this sport and why uh, you belong out there. I think this was the first time in a while I played two consecutive seasons in a row. So that was pretty big for me to be able to play my junior season and my senior season with no injuries, no hiccups. Um, and I think getting my thousand point was definitely like a full circle moment. Um, I had, it was never really like a big goal of mine to get it, but as soon as I started nearing the number, I, I was pretty excited. And obviously it was a big deal to me because I did miss a couple seasons. I'm glad you brought that up, Rachel, because uh, I almost forgot it when I introduced <laughs> you. You did get 1,000 points. And maybe that number doesn't stand out like it used to in light of players like Madden, Greenway, Tory Orline, who both got 2,000 and were the fastest ever to do it. Right. Addie, got her, Addie Mack got her 2,000 point as well. And now we're seeing athletes pile them up as if they were playing pinball machines, <laughs> but that's still a thousand more points than I ever had as a player, Rachel. So, uh, but to work as hard as you did to get back both physically and mentally and get to have a moment like that, where you get the pomp and circumstance again, 1000 points, maybe more common now than it was years ago, but it's still your moment. How exciting was that to have something worth celebrating after so many periods of turmoil both physically and mentally like I said it was kind of like a full circle moment like I think back of to the days where I couldn't walk and I couldn't walk without crutches or I couldn't even run 
and how I built my way back up. My PTs helped me start walking, running, jogging, jumping. All those were such big wins for me. And finally getting a thousand points. I think that that was like the icing on top of the cake, the biggest win for me, just because, I mean, I had to relearn how to walk pretty much twice. So to be even playing basketball is pretty huge for me, but to be able to score a thousand was even bigger. So I imagine 1,000 points, is that going to be a goal of yours at Wisconsin-Stevens Point? Um, I, I wouldn't say necessarily a goal, but if, if I can get there, definitely that would be really cool again. But just hoping I stay healthy is pretty much the biggest goal. And on that subject, Rachel, what was your experience like in terms of college recruiting how many schools were taking a look at you and what led you to set your sights on this division three school in the middle of Wisconsin to play college basketball? Yeah, I had a couple, I had a lot of D threes, a couple NAIs, a couple D two JUCOs that I had looking at me, but I ended up at Stevens point just because I felt like the coaching staff was, it made me feel like home. They were like, the, probably the best coaches that I spoke with out of all the um, teams I looked at. And I just really liked how they really wanted to make me feel like this is home, especially since I'm going to be four, four hours and 30 some minutes away. Um, I just really liked the team aspect as well. And coach Hockett is a new coach, pretty new coach there. So it's definitely going to be interesting to come in and, try to hopefully compete with some bigger girls and older girls. And it's going to be interesting to be the, the young one again. Oh, I think you'll handle it just <laughs> fine, Rachel. If my experience or observations or indication. So what are your plans? Of course, playing, of course, and maybe getting a tournament appearance in the Division Three bracket, but what are your plans as far as majors, careers? What do you hope to get out of this college experience, Rachel? Um, so I'm going to be studying exercise science. I hopefully want to get um, maybe a doctorate in to become a physical therapist. I want to have my doctorate. Um, I, this is because of the probably almost three years I spent in PT. Uh, my PT is my pretty much my PT Phil. He's my hero. He helped me every step of the way. And I just admire how like he helped me and I want to help other people, other athletes, or even just people with some sort of pain. Um, I want to help them. And just like my PT helped me. And you know what, Rachel, I've mentioned this a lot since I started this series four years ago with a lot of athletes who had to work their way through injuries, whatever they might look like. And again, the risks that come with playing sports. And Although it, it is kind of amusing that your own experience, your own sessions with physical therapy, you know, the wherewithal that you had to get through PT rehab and get back out there, I do find it amusing that that journey inspired you to take up 
physical therapy yourself as a potential career path, but I also feel with your background and having to work through what you did, you'll be able to connect with a lot of prospective athletes if they go through something similar where they find themselves having to play spectator for a while. Yeah, that's the goal. I think a lot of people expected me to never want to step foot in a PT place again, just because I spent so much time in there. But um, I had a great experience with my physical therapist. And I think that it'd just be a great job. Like you said, I have a good perspective on it. I can definitely relate to a lot of athletes. So I think it's the perfect job for me. Well, I won't protest that, Rachel, <laughs> given your background. But like you said, too, it certainly helps because you talked about it. And I think just about every athlete goes through that rough patch, those rough seas when they're out. And I can speak to this as a broadcaster when I wasn't able to get involved during the COVID years, we call it the pandemic year, when we had all these restrictions on capacity. But when you are passionate about sports, like you are with basketball, I am with broadcasting and all of us, when that gets taken away from you, it, it hits you hard. It really does. Yeah. Like you said, I was injured the second time during the pandemic. So basically I didn't really see many people. I went to PT and I was at home doing more stuff for my knees. And I didn't have school because I wasn't allowed to go to school. So I was doing online school. And honestly, it just, it really sucks not being able to do what obviously like what you love and what's your passion. And then finally being able to play later in the year with my team being able to play, but I was still on the bench obviously because of my knee. That was also hard, but I mean, I'm a good cheerleader, but obviously, <laughs> but it was definitely hard. What would you say to anyone out there? Because every year, unfortunately, it happens to, to some terrific athletes. There were a few who I covered this year who had their seasons cut short because of injury. But I say this a lot, whatever the circumstances, that athletes are much more than their records or stat lines. From your experience, your trip through the highs and lows of working your way back, Rachel, and doing it twice, what advice or feedback would you offer to athletes who might be in your position having to grind their way to get healthy enough to suit up again? I would say just take it one day at a time. Like you're not going to be back after, if you, no matter what injury, you're not going to be back the next day. So just do as much as you can especially if you're in PT, work as hard as you can, put those extra hours in and it'll show when you finally get to play again, it'll show. And if you're going through mental struggles, I personally journaling helped for me. I don't know if it would help everyone, but finding ways to have like an outlet, like maybe finding a new passion, new hobby, something else to distract yourself from your sport, because life, like you said, it's not just about sports. I found my passion and I found my future career. So, you know, my injuries did help me as much as I hate to say it. I didn't, didn't love it at the time, but it definitely, definitely changed who I am as a person. 
Yeah, I don't think anyone looks forward to it <laughs> because they, they all want to play. And I've talked to parents and athletes who feel like they let their teams down when they get hurt. And I think it's worth reminding them, no, this, this happens. And this can happen at any time, anywhere. And in just about every case, there's no one at fault. There's no one to blame. There's nothing to blame. It's just one of those freaky things that happen when you push your body to the limit to play the sport that you love. So I, I appreciate that take, Rachel. So what are your plans in these final few months? Your, your high school career is done. I'm sure you'll be cheering on your fellow friends who get to play in the state tournament. And we'll have some all-star games coming up too, but uh, how do you plan on enjoying these final few months where you don't have to think about basketball, at least for a little while? You don't have to worry about AAU practices, high school practices. Uh, you get a little time to enjoy yourself. Yeah, definitely. I definitely focusing on my studies, um, staying active, going to the gym a lot. But also, I mean, I have the border battle to look forward to. That's going to be fun. But other than that, like you said, I don't have AAU practice. I don't have stuff like that. So it's definitely a lot of time for my knees to heal, heal from this whole season. They're definitely still a little swollen. <laughs> so definitely taking some me time and recovering. When you say border battle, what are you referring to specifically? So there's a game that um, Minnesota kids and Wisconsin kids play. We, kids get picked. So it's like kids from our area and kids from like the superior area in Wisconsin, we play each other at UMD. It's a pretty cool game. It's, um, I don't know what day it is, but it's going to be fun. My East teammate Ashton will be playing with us and Pine City girls, Proctor girls. Okay. So it's a late, like a Lake Superior area, all-star. Yeah, game. pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, that should be a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah. Getting up there. Well, again, it goes back to how I wish I could be everywhere, <laughs> but I can't quite do that because I didn't know there was this Arrowhead area all-star game for athletes like yourself. And I know sometimes, I think this year you've got to play superior. So occasionally schools uh, who live on either side of the lake uh, will do battle with each other. And um, also one of the girls on the Wisconsin side of the border battle is my one of my Stevens Point future teammates so that'll be fun well and I always enjoy those two because that's what it's meant to be it, it's supposed to be fun I do think the girls go at it maybe a little harder than boys do and that's not to say that the boys don't care but I've noticed with the young female athletes who get chosen for these all-star games, uh, they want to prove themselves and it shows, but I think they know how to mix that and having fun at the same time. Right. Uh, now there's a few other things I wanted to address Rachel with this podcast. I think you've probably gotten a variant of this question over the years, but I'd like to throw it out anyway. What would you say is the most unusual thing about yourself that people wouldn't know if they met you for the first time? Well, unusual. Um, I guess I, we knocked off one with Australia. Yeah, yeah, definitely where I'm from definitely gets a lot of questions, but 
I'm um I'm pretty good at cross stitching. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but my grandma taught me how, and I'm pretty good. <laughs> it's like one of my hobbies. I can't say I've heard of cross stitching, uh, but if you don't mind, what is it for anyone out there who might be fellow cross stitching enthusiasts, <laughs> or maybe your grandmother will listen to this? <laughs> um, so basically, you have like a little. It's a white sheet. It's basically almost like knitting, but there's holes in the sheet and you you stitch in a cross pretty much and you can make pretty much whatever i made a minnesota wild logo one time made a loon some of my projects i do outside of <laughs> outside of basketball rachel i'm thinking you could be one of the team designers team artists if they need any sort of backdrop in the <laughs> laundry room or your dorm room I, I have a feeling they might hit you up <laughs> how long have you been doing that um probably five years now well I would never have guessed it, 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 but it's not one of those things I you know admittedly I don't go up to athletes and say do you cross stitch <laughs> in your time off in your free time <laughs> I also understand you're a big sushi enthusiast. Oh yeah, love sushi. Love it. Favorite food by far. So is that something you plan to continue, Rachel, through college after that? Yeah, I could see you, your offices now as a PT, a physical therapist, <laughs> full of your cross-stitching patterns. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna have to find a good sushi restaurant in Stevens Point, I guess, but... <laughs> Hopefully I can find one. I don't know if I, if they have any. Oh, I'm sure you could find something. <laughs> well, sushi, I, I enjoy that too. I don't eat it a ton because it's not the cheapest food out there. But uh, well, a couple of times I hit up the seven sushi bar in downtown Minneapolis and uh, indulge myself. I got, got <laughs> my money's worth out of it. But th that's cool. Cross stitching. Is there anything else that we should know? Because uh, again, the whole Australia thing is cool, but cross stitching, I don't think that's ever come up. <laughs> yeah, that one's, I don't think I've met anyone else that cross stitched. So um, that's definitely an interesting one. But um, I spend a lot of time at my cabin. That's another thing I do. I like to kayak, spend time outdoors. That's what I Another thing I do instead of basketball, that's like my chill time. Have you ever tried cross-stitching any patterns or projects while you're kayaking? Or <laughs> is that maybe a little too complicated? I think that might be that might be uh when you get to the professional mode. I'm not quite there, but maybe soon. Because if you really wanted some me time, Rachel, I could just see you kayaking. <laughs> I'm not sure what rivers or lakes are over by Stevens Boy, but just kayaking, <laughs> having your own space, and then just whipping out what, <laughs> whipping out your fabrics. Yep. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh, geez, I I have cross stitching in the brain now. I could just see your cabin all decked out in that. Oh my goodness, <laughs> you you've planted some unsettling ideas into my head that shouldn't make any sense at all, but. Uh, but that is something though, Rachel, I will add a lot of athletes that come from the Northern part of the state. Cause I've seen Mount Iron Buell a couple of times. They'll make the trek down here, the Duluth area teams, a, a lot of cabin dwellers. Uh, 
among the athletes that I've seen and even those who don't live in the immediate metro. Uh, so water activities is a common theme. So I suppose you've got plenty of uh, spaces to do that and you're not too far from the BWCA, but uh, what do you enjoy most about, like you said, that chill time? That I imagine that is a good way to unwind when you're so accustomed to AAU weekends, high school ball, and spending so much time in the hardwood. Yeah, so in the summer, I live pretty much full time at my cabin. It's only um, about 20 minutes from my house. So being able to just whenever I want, pretty much go outside, sit on the dock, kayak, read on the pontoon. It's kind of a nice way to get away from basketball when I want to. And I have a hoop there too. So if I want to play basketball at the cabin, I could also do that, but. And Rachel, here's something that you probably haven't seen in the breakdown, but I like to ask this too. This always gets a good story or two. Throughout your basketball career, what would you say is your most exciting moment and your most embarrassing moment? Oh, oh boy. Um, <laughs> exciting. I don't know if this is the most exciting, but one time in fourth grade, I fell down on the ground and then shot a basket from my knees and made it, even though there was defense on me. That was pretty exciting. <laughs> and they counted it. <laughs> so. That was one of my most exciting memories. Um, embarrassing. Um, trying to think. I feel like I don't do that many embarrassing things. I've definitely brought forgotten my jersey a couple times. That's embarrassing. Um, I actually did it this year as a senior. That's pretty bad. Forgot. It, at least it was a home game though, and I live like three minutes from my high school. So I could just run back. My dad ran back and got it, but that's still pretty embarrassing. <laughs> I've heard that story a couple of times, Rachel, <laughs> where players forget the jersey and you're like, oh, this could get interesting. And I think that might have happened at the Duluth Marshall game I covered because it started with technical free throws. And I'm going, wait a minute. I didn't see anything beforehand <laughs> until I realized, oh, one of the numbers didn't match. Good thing I didn't have to, good thing it was home games. <laughs> I know if it was a road game, well, it, it wouldn't have been the end of the world. It, no. it's, <laughs> and in AAU, anything goes, uh, but uh, well, I hope for road games at Stevens point, because you might be doing a little more traveling, even within the Badger state. Uh, I certainly hope you uh, make sure to bring a, a copy of your Jersey with you. Make sure I double check. I have it <laughs> or at least the right colored one. <laughs> yep. Uh, because, uh, well, home games, well, your dad may not be around either. Cause, uh, like, yeah, you're going to be four and a half hours away. So are, 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 is he or someone else going to text you reminders on game days? Um, probably my mom. She, she texts me reminders all the time. So she'll probably I'm going to keep track of all my stuff, but she might remind me as well. Well, and if anyone gives you any uh, any flack or tries to give you a hard time, you just remind them of the time you hit a jumper on your knees in fourth grade. And 
Uh, and that, you know what, that's a heads up move too, because as you know, players can't get back up or they it's a traveling call. So you're like, all right, I got to get rid of this thing. <laughs> uh, is there anything else about your story that you'd like to add, whether it's basketball, some of the other things you do, anything you would like to say about your journey, where it got you and what you're looking forward to as you get ready for the next chapter? Um, I would just like to say, like, I definitely, I got two seasons taken away from me. So being able to play, have the opportunity to play college basketball is a big deal. Definitely make up for the season I, seasons I missed. And if you're going through an injury, I would just say definitely stay positive. Journal, like I said, and just take it one day at a time and you'll be back. Journal and... Maybe take up cross stitching in the interim too. That I <laughs> that bet you too. that's a good way to kill time. Yep. <laughs> you're spending so much time uh, getting all these patterns down that uh, you're you're not even thinking about rehab. <laughs> yeah. And, and I certainly would never wish it, Rachel. But if it happens again, I think yeah, cross stitching should be part of your recovery process because yeah. you'll uh, have something to distract yourself. <laughs> well, I, I've learned one thing about you it's that uh, you must be one heck of a cross stitcher <laughs> if you can design logos and animals you're, you're gonna have to rachel you might have to show off your collection at stevens point one of these days <laughs> I, I i will I'll do that i can see it now your next one's going to involve your favorite types of sushi right <laughs> The, Maybe this, I think I, I should do one for the Stevens Point dog, the pointer dog. Exactly. There you go. I, I I like your thinking. Get some <laughs> merchandise going. And who knows what could come of it. But I certainly enjoy getting the chance to learn a few things about you. And this was one reason I started the podcast all these years ago is I always kick myself at because of the teams and players that I want to see. But when there's over 400 schools and just one you, you got to do the best you can. But this podcast is another vessel for folks like yourself to share your stories and learn some things that I never knew. <laughs> like you said, you've talked a lot about starting in Australia while you were born there and making your way from there to Duluth and one thing that I picked up on was how much your teammates value your presence, whether it's from the Sun Starks AAU games or Duluth East. There are a lot of people in Duluth and beyond who are rooting for you. And I imagine that won't change, even if you go to a school that won't get all the publicity that the D1s do across the border. You're still getting a chance to play a few more years in this sport and make the most of it. So it, it's really heartwarming to see how many people are rooting for you, Rachel. And I'm glad we had a chance to highlight some of that today. Yes, thank you for having me. Well, Rachel Hagen of Duluth East, and next season you will find her at Wisconsin Stevens Point, where hopefully she will continue building on what she accomplished at Duluth East in both points, rebounds, and cross-stitching. <laughs> yep. So Rachel Hagen again, who will suit up for Stevens Points next season. But until then, she'll be a fan for her fellow Duluth area players that are still competing on the high school circuit. And if you have a story you'd like to share on this podcast, we are always happy to take submissions 
Just contact us at social media at the Mike Peden. If you've got a good story, we're happy to share it. So until next time, thanks for watching. If you'd like to support TSB television programming, check us out on Patreon, PayPal, or Cash App. And thanks for watching Mike Up Sports.